Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. David the Smart Mart is away, so I'm going to spin this wheel and see who I land on on this co-host. Hopefully it's Jenny. Let me spin it. Wait a minute. George's Greg? Who's Gorgeous Greg? I know. It's Greg from the Smack Daddies. Greg, how you doing? Sean, thanks for having me on today. Uh, glad to be here. Um, gorgeous Greg. I don't even think my mother calls me that, my friend. Well, I know you're in a search for a new nickname, so I thought I would bless you with the powers of stunning and give you a cool nickname. All right, fair. We, we'll we'll put that one in the hopper. We'll we'll test it out with uh, our market research team and see what they come back with. So, will you tell our wonderful listeners a, l- a little bit about you, Greg? Yeah, hi. So, um, for those who haven't caught me uh, with the FDS and ME family, uh, my name is Greg Feltham. Um, I am um, one half of the Smack Daddies team. You've probably heard my partner Brad the Dad on this show uh, with with Sean. I live with, uh, you know, in, in the same area as Brad. I live uh, about 10 minutes from him uh, in Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, originally from Newfoundland. Um, I have a 11-year-old kid uh, and my wife, who are both at a hockey rink right now where I'm supposed to be, but I'm here with you, Sean, uh, talking a little bit of wrestling on uh, a beautiful, sunny, but a little bit chilly day here. Well, I do Appreciate you jumping onto the show. I know you've been banging on a door trying to get onto this show. So we are happy to have you. And why don't we just go ahead and slide into the Sunny Six Questions here. It's time for the Stunning Six Question. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully David and Sean can make sense of it. Well, in this case, it's going to be Sean and Greg trying to make sense of this week of professional wrestling because we're starting off with stunning question number one. What do you think about the WWE's decision to make the title swap their main event of your beloved SmackDown show, Greg? Sean, at this point, the WWE has made these belts worth about the same amount as a uh, you know a baseball or a hockey trading card or a Pokemon card. I swear, like. Um, great job by WWE. You know they've got so, they they propose to honor so much of their history, and then they they treat it with this level of crap. Um, that these titles are now laughable, and and it just is absolutely ridiculous the way they've managed to do this. Greg, I finally believe that the WWE only sees these titles. They don't see them as titles; they're just props. They can literally just toss them around whichever way they want to. And it doesn't matter because they could literally had two opportunities to straighten this situation out before Friday night. One being at Raw where they had Charlotte Flair win by DQ. They could have had her lose the title to Bianca Bayard. And Bianca has the title and she's on Raw. It makes sense. They could have gone to Crown Jewel. They could have had Sasha Banks win that match. Smackdown title on Smackdown. That would make sense. No, we have to go all the way to Friday we got to keep everybody looking somewhat strong, but we'll get onto that later. Any other thoughts about this segment, Greg? Uh, I mean, I, I, I think, well, this segment is, is definitely going to come up a little bit later again in the show. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll uh, hold back a little bit more on it when we uh, get into some uh, top moments of the week. Okay, Greg. So stunning question number two. We are heading to a Cheetah versus Deeb's number two match. But it's in the first round of the TBS title tournament. 
why in the world is AEW putting this marquee match so early in the tournament? Shouldn't this be like a semifinal or a B final of this tournament? You know, you certainly can make that argument here, Sean. Um, you know, I, I'm okay with this as, a, as an early match, but I, I think that the tournament honestly is too small. Like, this would have been a great opportunity in my mind to have this, um, have them show off their roster more, or, you know, better yet, bring in some other players from outside the organization take pins from their their women thing so i mean if it's a 32 woman tournament i'm okay with that uh, you know let this drag out a little bit there's no need to rush this exactly i feel like we're going to have this tbs title before they make the switch to tbs and at the rate they're going they may very well i mean then the other question is is this TBS title going to be seen as a secondary title uh, to Brit's uh, AEW women's title? I do believe it's going to be the secondary belt for the women. So then you're going like, why is Sheeta in this at all then? Right. Yeah, you, you almost need to have like, you know, you've got your Division 1 and Division 2, right? So, but I mean, in the men's side, we see see men move from Division 1 to Division 2 uh, challenging for that uh TNT title all the time so I mean as long as they have a plan in place um, I, I guess we'll have to sit back and wait and see okay great so we're moving over to standing question number three and I kind of have already ran about it just a little bit this week we saw a DQ finish in the Sharp Flair versus Bianca Belair match as the main event of Raw plus we saw the training of the titles as the main event of Smackdown has WWE got so complacent in their booking in the past I want to say year. Yes, I think so. I mean, th this is really some interesting stuff for me. Not so much what we're seeing on TV, but the stuff that we're not seeing on TV. It's the backstage stuff here that really is um, what is is kind of surprising and what you're reading online. You know, we know that uh, Charlotte has some heat on her right now, but, you know, she's there's no way wwe is gonna let her out of that organization so what do you expect i know becky wanted to look strong i know charlotte wanted didn't want to look uh, weak in this segment either but i i think this is one of those times when we don't really see a, a great ending here um you know throwing the titles at each other i don't know this was not very imaginative they had an easy way to do this charlotte could have dropped the belt on monday um you know and had bianca win it and then sasha could have won it on thursday and then there's none of this you know crap having to go through you know greg this reminds me of WWE back around probably late 2001 after they beat WCW and they're like oh hey we won where all the competition is now so we can do whatever we want to so we don't have to do good booking uh, yeah yeah I mean and, and the other thing here is if they really really wanted to they could have had Becky win this belt on on Friday or sorry on Monday night done the Becky two belts and then drop the belt to Sasha on I mean, if they really want to stick the screws to Charlotte at this point. Yeah, yeah they, they may very well, Sean. Um, no, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, they they really... I, I honestly don't know what we're going to do here, and I don't know what they're going to see with Charlotte. I think Charlotte's got some heat on her right now um, simply because of, um, for lack of a better word, her dad. Um, I think that she's also got heat on her for, for Andrade being uh, a little bit hot in AEW. So, um, 
yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what's going to happen and how this is going to resolve, but I know she's there for a long time. So uh, this is probably not the end. Exactly. We'll stay tuned to see what happens. So let's move over to stunning question number four this week. Last night on AEW Dynamite, we got to see the third match between Cody Rose and Alistair Black. Now my question to you, Greg, is, is this match too soon in the series? Shouldn't this have been at full gear? Because I really felt like they rushed this feud. Yeah, I, again, this is one of those things where I kind of start scratching my head, and I don't know what AEW's plan is on, on progression here in this storyline. Um, I don't know, are we going to see Cody, you know, more heel-ish? Don't see the path, Sean. What do you think there? Well, I think Cody is heading towards a possible heel turn. Now, granted, he has stated in interviews that he just wants her heel whatsoever. Now, if you've seen Rampage this past Friday night, you saw him come out and save um, Pac as Pac was having a match against Andrade. And you have this weird pairing of Andrade and Aleister Black. But I do want to see Pac versus Malachi Black. I think that would be a great freaking match. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I, I, I just, again, I don't know what's going on here and where their plan is to go forward. I mean, it makes more sense to me it, that full gear or, a, you know, a pay-per-view match would be more beneficial here. But, you know, I, I guess we've just got to sit back and wait and see. And as wrestling fans, we're not, uh, you know, easily done to sit back and wait. Oh, Greg, that's so true. Very true. Especially with us being the ones doing podcasts and watching everything. So, sending question number five. Speaking of Andrade, AEW has this need to let Andrade do promos where I'm going, the dude can freaking wrestle. If you let him do promos, let him do it in Spanish. English is his second language. And every time he tries to do a promo on AEW, I'm like, oh, Andrade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm entirely fine with him going and, and cutting promos in Spanish. I mean, I won't understand a damn word of it. So as long as they're subtitling it out for me, I'm totally happy. But um, I I mean, maybe, maybe this would be a good chance for him to have some sort of mouthpiece that can translate those promos. Or maybe, you know, you use one of your announcers to do it. Um, you know, but give me something different, right? I mean, everyone can... Not that everyone can talk, but I mean, we can have these promo segments. Someone can go and stand and do it, but give me something a little bit different is all I really want to see. Exactly. I mean, okay, I can think of people who were great in the rain, awful on the mic. One of them being Kurt Henning. Early Kurt Henning was super great in the ring, but if you let him on the mic, it's like story over. You didn't think he was oh so great. So what they do? They didn't let him on the mic. They just let him have matches. All we need from Andrade right now is him having good match after good match. He could be one of your top level heels, and eventually we can find him a proper mouthpiece. Hopefully, when Selena's Vegas contract runs out, because hopefully she only signed for like maybe a year or two, and she can come in. I mean, uh, I'm certainly surprised. I don't think you're going to see Selena uh, leaving WWE anytime soon. I mean, they wouldn't, if she was a short term one year, two year, there's no way in hell they would have given her a Queen of the Ring. I know, Greg, but I was just hoping, so. <laughs> okay, so let's wrap up the Sunny Six questions this week with my final Sunny question. Is Taikani the right person to be the next challenger for the AEW Women's Champion, Britt Baker? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, 
Ty Chianti, uh, given her, her impressive winning record this year, she certainly deserves a title shot, but I don't know if she is the right opponent to face Britt Baker. Um, I mean, I, I don't really see her as a, a huge threat to the title, but I mean, you've got to, if you're going to give her that number one ranking, you've got to reward her with this sort of a, an opportunity. True, Greg. I think like they were looking for a baby face and I go like, hey, you got Kat Satlander there. She could be the next challenger for Baker, and I feel like that match would be better. And you could save Taikani off for a little bit, because I know you want to have a heel babyface dynamic in these matches. Yeah, I think this is one of those things, and, and I'm going to get heat for saying this, and I'm okay with that. AEW doesn't like to do rematches, and I get that. But, I mean, you have, uh, you know, you have Statlander, who uh, Baker uh, went and, and beat. You have Soho, that Baker went and beat. And it's one and done. And, I mean, there's an opportunity here where you could have a, a multi, you know, a, a two out of three match or something like that. Um, that that kind of tells more of a story. I I don't want a WWE like you know best at a fifteen match series or anything like that. But these one and dones uh, certainly give you this challenge where then you're you're kind of scrambling to find uh, new meat to feed to your beast, right? Exactly, Greg. And on that note, we're going to end the studying six questions for this week, and we're going to slide over to our top five moments of the week. It's RFPW's top five moments of the week. Well, Greg, I know you're the guest, but I'm going to go first this week. And at number five, I'm going to put the Inspirations debut on Impact Wrestling as they won the knockout titles at Bound for Glory. Australia's greatest national treasure got their titles. They had their moment in the sun, so I'm happy for the former Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. My number four moment of the week also comes from the same show. It's Christian Cage versus Josh Alexander. You need to go watch this match. It was pretty good. Now, I hated the inning when Moose came out and ran on the parade because I thought they had a feel-good moment. So my number three moment of the week is going to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Tano Loa. Even though I know me and all the people in Britain are upset that Zack Sabre Jr. did not advance out of A block, it was still a great match. And my number two moment of the week is going to be Okada versus Jeff Cobb out of B block. Now, Jeff Cobb was my person to win the whole thing. And yes, I was upset that Jeff Cobb didn't win, but still an excellent match. And my number one moment is going to be the G1 final. Even though it got cut short, Okada and Ibushi, yet again, were heading towards a epic match. And unfortunately, Ibushi got injured and we wish him the best in his recovery. Greg, what are your top five moments of the week? All right, so my my number five moment of the week is something we didn't see on TV, but kind of broke late in the week. And, and I'm going to call this Mela equals married. So uh, announced uh, or announced on her Instagram, I believe, late this uh, weekend that Corey Graves and Carmella uh, are engaged. So congratulations to those guys. Uh, great moment for, for them. Uh, my number four moment of the week was the Crown Jewel women. Um, you know, we've got the first WWE female referee to do a match um, at Crown Jewel, uh, Jess Carr, who did the um, Hell in a Cell match. Uh, and that was her her third in that trilogy of the Seth and Edge matches. Uh, we had the Zelina Vega and the Dewdrop match. 
and we had the uh, triple threat uh, women's match. So we had some some great female wrestling uh, at Crown Jewel. Number three, uh, speaking of the, um, you know, uh, Jessica Carr, that Edge and Seth match, uh, that Hell in a Cell match at Crown Jewel, while I found was a little bit long, is probably one of the better Hell in a Cell matches I've seen in a long time. So I want to give extra props to that. Uh, number two is the... Uh, the extremely long uh, segment from Friday night uh, with the Lesnar Roman Reigns, um, you know, uh, interaction, you know, as a follow up from their Hell in a Cell, um, you know, match. We had uh, the the Lesnar angle with him being suspended and uh, honorable mention here to Adam Pierce's pants. And finally, my number one uh, moment of the week, uh, and you'll, you'll see most of these obviously have been, or these are all WWE moments of the week because that's what I mainly cover, is the Becky Charlotte uh, ending and more so what happened backstage after SmackDown went off the air where, um, you know, Charlotte was escorted from the arena um, due to the heat that she had on on her uh, after the show uh, while Becky was out wrestling a dark match after um, after SmackDown went off the air. They had Charlotte leave the arena. Um, and I guess that was uh, extremely interesting because there really wasn't many people backstage after, uh, you know, later in that show because uh, after an 18-hour travel day, uh, I guess they were letting uh, uh, people go early as soon as they were done their TV segments. Yeah, great. It was interesting that they selected what you call Kansas as the site of SmackDown literally 24 hours after they were in Saudi Arabia. I thought, wouldn't you just pick a city on the coast here, on the East Coast, like Boston, New York, Baltimore, somewhere to make it easier on everybody to get back to the States? Yeah, I... I... Uh, listen, I wish I was in WWE's travel department because that would actually made a lot more sense than what we saw, but that's what we got. So yeah, I was going to say, next time they'll probably go to California just to make themselves even more difficult. I don't know. Well, you know that the WWE ring crew flew out of Sacramento, California over to Saudi Arabia, then had to fly back to Wichita, Kansas. So you know what? MVP to all the ring crew for having to put up with that. I'm still wondering how the hell they got Hell in a Cell over there and how they got that really big-ass Roman Reigns that they, they put out when he comes out, how they managed to get that through customs over there, because that thing is huge. Well, you know, the Saudis, they get the money. It's time for the Winston Churchill Cup. Ladies and gentlemen, even though the fact that Dave is on vacation, that will not stop us from having the Churchill Cup. And Greg is going to fill in for David this week. Coming into this round of the Churchill Cup, we are tied 2-2 two to two as we tied for Bound for Glory picks. And Greg, since you're the guest host, and David actually did have the first pick, you are allowed the first selection of matches. So where are we going? All right. Uh, well, I will try my best here to, um, you know, help my Commonwealth brother in arms uh, with his Churchill Cup picks. Uh, I think that I would like to start with the women's title match, the Mandy Rose and Raquel Gonzalez match. And who are you picking to win this match? I'm picking a title change here. I'm picking Mandy Rose for the win. Ooh, you know what? You're going out on a limb because... David tried to pick this match last week on this show, and he went the other direction. But you're taking Manny Rose, and Greg, I might believe you're correct. 
So allow me to go to the NXT Championship match to Monster Ciampa versus Braun Breaker. And I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say Braun Breaker. On this show, we call him Rex Snyder because he's Rex Snyder's son. And he's going to be the new NXT champion. Yeah, I, I completely see that. I mean, both Mandy Rose and Braun Breaker have gotten a whole bunch of time uh, on TV as of late. So I totally can see both those things happen. Uh, let's uh, skip down to the triple threat match, the Scareway to Hell uh, triple ladder um, match. I'm going to go Toxic Attraction here. I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to say that at the end of the night, Toxic Attraction is going to have all the gold. Now, Greg, did you watch this past week's NXT by any chance? I did. I'm just wondering if Toxic Attraction is going to be in this match because we saw the fall the one member of that group had. So if this is a triple threat match, we'll allow this pick to stand. But if Toxic Attraction is not in this, I'm going to award David one point just for the fact that the team might not be in this match. Yeah, and, and that's fair. I mean, as of now, I, everything we're seeing online is that, that, you know, the match is still a go. Okay, so I'm going to go down to the NXT Tag Team Title match. It's a spin the wheel, make a deal. We don't know what they're going to spin yet, but it's MSK versus Imperium. And I'm going to say with MSK, even though I feel like they're going to turn heel here somehow. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you can have uh, all title switches on the show. Um, so, I mean, I, I, this is the one that I think that, uh, I would agree with you. The MSK is probably gonna, gonna keep on with it. I don't know. Imperium, I, I love watching these guys wrestle, but I don't know if they, they have the it factor for me to, to take that tag championship. I really feel like Imperium needs this to go back over to NXT UK, because that division over in NXT UK could use another tag team. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that was your Churchill Cup picks for Halloween Havoc. May the best person win. And of course, it's going to be the Patriot Saint is stunning. It's time for Dud's Dud of the Week. What has set him off this week? Well, since Doug is on vacation this week, Greg, I'm going to be Doug's for one moment because I want to rant about something. It comes from Bound for Glory. It's the main event. Even though I did enjoy Christian Cage versus Josh Alexander, the fact that they brought Moose out and rain on Josh Alexander's parade made me want to go all Jason Agnew on this show. And I'm like, my god, you had the perfect storybook ending. Please wait to Impact on Thursday before Boost comes out. Josh Alexander was Impact World Champion for about three minutes. Any thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things. This is a quintessential WWE moment on Impact TV where we can't have nice things you have this beautiful storybook ending you have christian cage you know taking the pin uh, it's it's my understanding that the relationship between AEW and impact is now coming to an end so i mean it makes sense at this point for christian to, to drop this belt um and then of course you have uh you know the the um moose coming out here and and kind of ruining everything 
I mean, it's not like you have like one of those great, you know, I'll equate it to money in the bank cash in moments like the Dolph Ziggler the night after WrestleMania type thing. Um, so, I mean, you don't have that excitement really here. Um, but it, I mean, this is one of those things that obviously I think you probably could have given uh, given Josh Alexander at least a little bit of time and not even, uh, you know, a, a enough to have a cup of coffee here um, and and uh, giving him a little bit of time there with the belt uh, to, to at least show it off a little bit. And then, you know, um, this this could have easily been done on your, your January 8th pay-per-view. Um, and have him come in and, and uh, Moose come in and cash in, you know, after Josh Alexander maybe gets a successful defense in at that pay-per-view. Exactly, Greg. This reminded me of Zack Ryder's win at WrestleMania for the Intercontinental title, and he literally lost it to The Miz the next night. And I'm going like, yeah, this kind of reminds me of something I remember. Yeah, exactly. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Okay, Greg, our first news story this week is apparently WWE is not going to have a NST takeover for the rest of this year because if you look on their card for upcoming events, they do not have a major pay-per-view in the month of December because they're doing that January 1st pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, this is a little bit uh, concerning, I guess, that, you know, normally uh, when we get Survivor Series, we usually get that War Games pay-per-view, don't we, um, don't we, Sean? Exactly, so it looks like we're not going to get a War Games match this year. Come on, WWE. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that that was one of those ones that I think that they had started to build a little bit of a following around, a little bit of nostalgia for, for some of us, uh, you know, older guys who, who remember the days of War Games. Uh, yeah, is there problems with the War Games match? Absolutely. Like, you know, I'm not going to deny that. But it was an event. It was something I was looking forward to. Um, I mean, maybe they'll do it on TV for free. I don't know. We'll see. They maybe could. Because, I mean, they already brought up Hit Row. Because I was really thinking that Hit Row versus Escobar's crew would have been the match for War Games. We would have had the first intergeneral War Games match like Boris would want. And I would roll with Boris and say, like, Escobar should win against Hit Row. Well, and they could still do that, right? There's no reason why that Hit Row couldn't go back to do that sort of one match. Well, true, but I got a feeling that this new version of NXT is truly a detrimental system and you're not going to see that much of a fallback to NXT unless it's the people who don't work on the main show and people get tired of it and they just send them back down. Yeah, it, I, I would say yes to that sort of thing normally, but I think you could set up a, a, a um, you know, a uh, war games type match here where um, you have, a, a, you know, calling it a hit row, like, you know, you guys you guys left here. We didn't get that chance to to show you what we could do. Um, you know, we want one more match. Come back here and and challenge. You know, we're challenging you for one last match here in NXT and do it that sort of way. Very true. I can see your point there, Greg. My second news story is the fallout from New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 tournament because Ibushi has suffered a separated shoulder. There is no timetable for his return. So in the meantime. Okada has claimed himself the G1 champion and he has stated the fact that winning the G1 
is a title onto its own, and it doesn't guarantee a match with the New Japan World Heavyweight Champion, who is Chingo. So it looks like we're going to have three nights of Wrestle Kingdom with three different main events. One of them probably going to be, hopefully, if they got their fingers crossed, this Ibushi versus Okada match. Then the winner of that one will face Chigo for the title. And we got Will Ospreay out there, still not defeated for his title. So he'll have to come back and face the winner of that match on night three, maybe. Are we getting a three-night Wrestle Kingdom? Yes, we are. It's going to be two nights together. They're taking a break, and there's a third night. They added a third night at Wrestle Kingdom for 2022. So that just means, you know, you've heard it here first. WWE will do WrestleMania, not next year, the year after will be a three-night event. Greg, you have rang on our parade because more is more, and I can see the WWE going like, hey, they did it, so we can do it too. Exactly. Okay, so my next news story, you kind of already did in the show, is the fact that Corey Graves is a very, very lucky man because he's engaged to Carmella. That he is. That he is. I mean, um, Corey Graves continues his uh, his lucky, lucky man status now. Um, you know, obviously, best wishes to uh, the uh, engaged couple. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see if that there's been any date or anything set yet. Obviously, it was just announced uh, yesterday, so I doubt that they have or there's any date released as to this point of when they expect to be married. Uh, I know Corey's obviously had a, a previous... Um, marriage, and uh, I guess yesterday was also uh, Carmilla's birthday, as she says that it was her best birthday ever. So, you know what? Corey was a very smart person, because now he can remember the date of the actual engagement, because it's her birthday. And if he forgets, he's going to be the very unluckiest person on the planet. Very much so. Um, yeah. You've got to uh, you got to put those dates in your, your date book so you don't forget. And this has been your dating advice by the stunning one and gorgeous Greg. You're welcome. Okay, my final news story this week is also a little New Japan Pro Wrestling news because they had announced that Okada is going to come to the United States for the show coming up in November in San Jose, California. It's called The Battle in the Valley. It's going to be at the New Japan LA Dojo, apparently, if I remember right. So I can't wait to see this show on probably Access or New Japan World, which you could get for $9.99, Greg. It's a very easy investment. I would say go for it. Listen, I uh, going back to your last story, Sean, if I pick up another wrestling streaming service, I don't think I will be a very lucky, lucky man, and I might be the exact opposite of what Corey Graves and Carmella are going to be. Well, you know, you can always blame me, though. You can just go like, hey, you know, Sean had to eat a count or something, and it's all Sean's fault. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I'm getting enough flack for doing this show on a Sunday today, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to be a, a help or a hindrance, my friend. Well, we are going to bring this show to a close, so, Greg, hit us up with your socials and where we can find you. Sure, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at, at wrongbagels. Um, I, if you're seeing me on Instagram, you are likely seeing pictures of me smoking various meats. Uh, I, I think I pulled the, the Baron Corbin-esque Instagram account. 
Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Greg Feltham, and uh, you can hear me uh, every Saturday morning or Saturday lunchtime, I guess, on uh, the SNME Patreon. That's patreon.com slash SNME radio. Uh, it's $4 a month and uh, you get shows every single day. Well, Greg, thank you for being on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't had enough of your stunning one yet, Tune in this Tuesday on Finland Youth Radio because I'm going to be the guest host for Fade Dead's Rock and Wrestling Show. They're giving me the full hour under the control of the study one. I don't know what they're thinking, but it should be mildly entertaining. And Fade Dead's, if you're listening, you're going to enjoy everything I play this week. Ha 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 ha. So ladies and gentlemen. Until next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling, this is Stunny Sean on behalf of Gorgeous Greg. Stay stunny and have a great week. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.